How do you maximize performance with your sales force? My name is Anthony Garcia, and I'm the host of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Join me every week as we discuss topics such as performance or improving retention. And we do so by interviewing some of the top sales professionals and entrepreneurs around the world. Now, let's enjoy the show. Catapulting Commissions family, what's up, guys? Anthony Garcia back here with a special treat this week. Now, if you've been following the Catapults Commissions podcast and been following the show, you've realized we've had a phenomenal roster of guests. We have discussed everything from sales, sales training, sales leadership. Uh, we went into some depth with some mentality. Uh, last guest we had on the show was former NFL player Jedediah Collins, which was the fullback of finance. We talked about taking care of your money. And so I've been completely immersed and ensuring to provide value to you, the sales leader, the person that wants to achieve at the greatest results. And I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't spend some time talking about the mindset, talking about having some um, immaculate or abundant change in your life, in your sales career. And so I brought a roster of some phenomenal guests. Today's guest is going to lead this committee of people we're going to spend time in talking about how to make an uh, immaculate change in your career, how to have the best 2021. And so let me tell you a little bit about Petya Kolibova. Now, Petya is a woman's transformation coach who has uh, helps women who've been pushed down or been playing it small due to toxic relationships or unhealed childhood trauma to create a life that is true to them and their sole purpose. Now, her mission is to help women who are on the path to healing from past wounds moving through their limiting beliefs and internal blocks so they can finally do what they want to do, what feels good to them. And she also serves other women in a powerful way in an online community known as Unapologetically Bundit. She's the host of the podcast, Unapologetically Bundit, and leads this group of women, which has 1,300 members actively engaging, looking to take their life to the next level. With that being said, we're going to find out how to take your sales career to the next level. Petya. Welcome to the Catapulting Commission Show. Oh my goodness. I absolutely love this intro, Anthony. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and especially now, you know, in these times that we are looking for any inspiration and any tips that we can grasp. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. No, the pleasure is all mine and I appreciate you being here. So let's let's just jump right into this, Pathia. Transformational coach. When I hear the phrase transformational coach, two things come to mind. What exactly do you do? Before that, how did you get into that? Because there's always a story for someone to say, hey, I'm going to make a change in my life. So when I hear transformation, I'm going to make a change. So let's first talk. What exactly do you do as a transformational coach? And how did you get into that role? Such a great question, you know, and it's so amazing when we can really tie it back. Like, where did we start it? And what I do as transformational coach, I change people's lives because very often when we are in our world, we can be looking at the things and trying to have a different results. And it's going to be always the same mindset. It's going to be the same thoughts, whether it's limiting thoughts, whether it's, you know, a limited view on the things, just shifting perspective. So what I do, I really help women to heal their past. Look at the uncomfortable past because often we don't even want to look back. When women come to me, they're like, I want to build online business. I want to have a six-figure business. I want to find the love of my life. I want to be working online. They think that when they get there, then they will be happy and fulfilled. 
And even though I know it will make their life better, it's not the fulfillment of life. So we start looking in their past. Then we tap into the present. Who are you? Who are you really when you're not everything for everyone? And that's something very important, especially as for women, to look into who am I really when I'm not wife, when I'm not mother, when I'm not daughter, who do I really want to be? So we tied it into the present. And then when you heal your past, when you tap into your core values and who you really are and what do you truly want? then we build the future on it. Whether it's business, whether it's your relationship, it's so much easier and so much lighter. So that's what I do as transformational coach, really changing the past, present, future with my clients. And the easy answer, why I do what I do, it's I needed this. I needed it myself. I created something that I wish that really existed. I transform my life from going from being physically and mentally abused by my stepfather into eating disorder of 18 years, attempting of suicide when I was 18, run away from home, being, you know, in toxic relationship because I saw myself unworthy, undeserving, and unlovable into having a life that I prayed for. You know, I attracted the love of my life. I work with my soulmate clients. I have a six-figure business. I love having my podcast and TV show. And all of that is by being unapologetically me. And that's something that I want to inspire everyone, not only women, but everyone to really understand that you are perfectly made for your purpose. That realizing this mantra, creating this mantra and living by it really changed my life and my business. I love that. There's so much value in it. And I'm going to look down at some of the things that I wrote down. In terms of what you do, I hear one of the things is truly identify fulfillment. And when you say that you're helping uh, women truly identify fulfillment, I can't help but think here in the world of sales, in the world of business, for example, you just said, I have a six-figure business. In the world of sales, we are driven by commissions. We are driven by that income saying, I have made 100 grand, 200 grand, a million dollars, whatever that income number is. So... In my own business, I have looked at the years that I have made an incredible amount of money, biggest income, biggest checks, and yet I still wasn't fulfilled. There was something missing. There's a lot of people that have a hard time identifying or separating the two. How do you get people to separate success from fulfillment? Mm, Oh my goodness. That's such an incredible question. And thank you so much for asking that because you get to really create your own definition of success because the success that we are being taught by society is you should go to the school, you should go get married, you should make a certain amount of money, you should have certain amount of kids, right? Like all of that is programmed, but is that really what you truly want? So the success, it has to be your own definition. What would your life look like, your ideal day look like when you're living and feeling fulfilled? That's something that you really get to ask yourself because when clients come to me and I ask them, if nothing ever changes in your life, are you okay with that? 10 out of 10 are not. And trust me, five years ago, me, when I had my first business, I had social media marketing agency, I was doing five-figure months and I was working my booty off. It was never ending, seven days a week, no time for friends, no time for family. So yeah, good. I have a business, I'm making money and I don't have a time to live. So 
you get to ask yourself first, if nothing ever changes, am I really okay with that? Is this something that I would like my kids to live like? Because yes, you can use your kids as an inspiration. I'm doing this for them and I want them to live a better life than I did. But if they never see you, if they never have a quality time, do you think they really care about the money? Do you really think that they care if you're living in two-bedroom house or 10-bedroom house if they will never see you? So for me, I feel that it's more of an art of fulfillment, right? Really checking in with yourself. What is fulfilling to me? Because what is success and fulfilling for you? It's not going to maybe be for me. For me, the the fulfillment, it's really to be me and to live by example and to be able to take care of my family and my loved ones. And I have an online business because we're planning family next year and I want to have time to have with my kids. So it always starts with you. Am I living life that it's true to me or am I outsourcing my happiness and worthiness? Oh, I like that. Am I outsourcing my happiness and worthiness? I, as you're saying that, it's just, it hits a chord in me because I know that I have outsourced that happiness at times in my life to the income I earn. It is so challenging in the world of high-performance sales or highly compensated sales or highly compensated businesses. We get excited when that money comes in. And when you talk about the kids, you know, we were talking before we recorded and I have a family at home and I know that, you know, I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed. But I've also have told the kids, I'm like, hey, man, what if we were to downsize like to a two bedroom apartment right now with home, everyone has rooms and office and, and all the, the fun stuff that comes with it. But I always say, what if we downsize? And, you know, my wife, kudos to her. This is like, she's like, we'll make it work. And, you know, one of the th- things that changed with COVID you talk about clarity. I'm somebody who's has spent anywhere between 150 to 200 nights a year on the road. And since COVID has hit, it's been the opposite. I've been home so much where I've cooked and barbecued and cleaned. I've done different wow. things. And life has definitely changed at home. So it's one of those things that have changed. But to piggyback on this transformation of getting clarity, you know, success versus fulfillment. When you have someone that says, okay, maybe they come to you like, it's hard for something you say, I'm not fulfilled. Or it's hard to even admit, I don't feel this way because it's such an internal feeling that you want to keep private, or at least I want to keep it private. If someone's struggling with just identifying, am I being fulfilled? And how do I get that clarity? What's that first step for them to find out truly what it is? Because you gave various different scenarios and I gave a ver- some few right back at you, but how does someone really pick, here's what's truly going to fulfill me? Here's mm. this exact thing that I want to pinpoint on. That's amazing question, you know, and isn't it fascinating that we are like ashamed or guilty to share that we are not happy? I I just find it like really fascinating. Like when you wake up in the morning and you have this feeling that there must be more in life and you're not living it and feeling ashamed of it. And that's how I was living my life. I was like suffering quietly because when you look at my life, it looks good on the outside and then I'm empty on the inside. And so many people live with that because then they feel guilty. So I truly believe that it all starts with know thyself. Really, you get to know yourself first. And it all starts, it started for me, at least. Um, I was already, you know, almost a decade on my personal and spiritual development. I already had my business, but still it was feeling like something is missing. And uh, I did with my mentor back then, um, core values exercise. Because 
when you don't know who you are and what you stand for, you will keep attracting people and things that are confusing and you don't have a clarity. So this exercise, it's super easy. Anyone can do it. You can just take a piece of paper, divide it into on one side, you write down the things you don't stand for. And on the other side, what you do stand for? 20 things on each side going back and forth. For example, I don't stand for hate. I stand for love. I don't stand for being cheap. I stand for generosity. I don't stand for cheating. I stand for loyalty. And you just go back and forth. And then you take a highlighter and on the side that what you do stand for, pick three things that are your non-negotiables that you just don't, um, are not open to live without. For me, it was, you know, loyalty and growth and generosity and integrity. Of course, I was overachiever. I picked four, but (laughs) you pick three and then the most important step. You take an inventory of your life because it's really cool. You know, like we listen to the podcast, we read the books, which is cool. Like, okay, I know it now. What do you do about it? So that's when the part of integration comes in. You really get to take an inventory of your life. Do my relationships align with my core values? Do my clients align with my core values? Does my business? And you like really go deep on that. And, you know, when I did this exercise three years ago, Anthony, I let go of everything, toxic relationship, you know, that was um, not fulfilling. I let go of my social media marketing business, let go of my clients, everything. And it was scary. It really was. But we get to remember that you will never, ever, ever, ever start from zero. You are not the person you were a week ago, year ago, 10 years ago. You are always evolving and changing. You know more, you know more people, you have more knowledge. So there gets to be no fear of doing things that are right for you because I was working seven days a week. I was working really hard to do, you know, five-figure months and it was a struggle. Now I do five-figure months and it's such an ease and I work three days a week because now I do only things that really align with my values. If you don't align with my values, you're not going to be in my life. You're not going to be in my vicinity. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person, but it just means that we have different values. So this is what is going to give you so much confidence and certainty and clarity because then you know, and what I did, I put these three core values in my wallet, on my phone. I put it in the bathroom. So I'm always reminded, I had a visual cue. And then I just ask myself, does it feel right? Because the difference between feeling good and feeling right is different. Just think about it. Like there are times that you're like, well, I get to move my body, right? And I don't feel like working out, but is it the right thing to do? Let's forget you have any injuries or you're not feeling well. It's just like, I don't feel like doing it. It's the right thing to do, even if it doesn't feel good. Does it feel right versus does it feel good? We get so tripped up on that. So when you have your core values, everything will change because then you can check in with yourself. Does this feel right? Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode for a second. I hope you're enjoying what you've heard thus far. Are you a sales professional or do you manage a team of sales professionals? I imagine you know someone who struggles with complacency. I'm talking about the sales rep who has all the tools to be a top performer, but just can't seem to get past the mental hurdle that is holding them back. I completely understand and I relate with you. That is why I've created a detailed approach on how to get out of this stage of complacency and put yourself in position to achieve your next sales goal. 
be sure to visit my website, catapultingcommissions.com. Once there, you can find the link to pick up a copy of my international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions. Now, let's get back to our show. Man, you've touched on so much that I want to pull some things out. One, the feel good versus feel right. I've never heard that phrase before. And, and I've been uh, a fan and actively involved in personal and uh, professional development for nearly 20 years. I love that. Does it feel good versus does it feel right? And as you get that clarity, right, and with your core values, we talk about, you know, you write down your core values that that I can definitely see being an exercise, I think everybody should take place. I mean, whether you do it for your personal life, whether you do it for your business, uh, whatever it is that you're doing, what are your core values? Like, what's your mantra statement, so to speak? But the one I love you talked about is toxic relationships. So if you have someone that doesn't align in your core values and it's a toxic relationship, you know, sounds like you're saying you eliminate them or you, you walked away from it. And in catapulting commissions, one of the philosophies we teach about achieving your next sales goal is having an environment for success. And in the book, I literally say, for you to have an environment for success, you have to eliminate all negative distractions. And you're saying there's these toxic relationships, which I love that phrase because you know I think everyone's experienced that. But how does somebody go about getting mm. rid of that toxic relationship? Two, and how do you identify it? Because some of the most toxic relationships, we can't identify sometimes. Or by the time we've identified it, we're so deep in that we're afraid. How does someone do that? How do you coach someone to go through that process? Oh my goodness. I love this question. Thank you so much. And like you said, sometimes when we are in it, we cannot even identify it because we feel like it's normal, right? Like I'm like happily divorced now, but I was married to a narcissist and it's because my stepfather was narcissist. So um, the challenge is that when you're in it, you usually cannot see it yet. I always do like, I always tell my clients to check in with themselves. If you have a younger brother, if you have a younger sister, if you have a daughter, if you have a son, would you be okay with them to be treated as this person is treating you? And this can be a relationship like a love relationship. And it can be also your parents. It can be also your clients. When there are dynamics that are bringing you down, that are making you feel less than, that you have to be constantly validating and proving yourself and explaining yourself, that's not healthy. Is this relationship making me better or bitter? That's the first thing you really get to ask yourself. Is it making me better or bitter? Because if it's bitter, okay, when did these dynamics changed? Because would you be in relationship that, you know, doesn't feel good from the beginning? And you could have say like, hey, I cannot choose my parents. I cannot choose the parents of my wife or my husband. But you, even if you cannot choose them, you can choose how you feel about them. I had to heal my relationship with my mom because she was mentally bringing me down. She was living in a victim mode. She was always complaining. She was negative. So when you find yourself that you're in relationship, that it's bringing you down, that weighs you down, you get to really ask yourself, can I renegotiate this relationship? Because you get to like, it's not always about dumping them, getting rid of them. You changed, your relationship will change. Some people don't change when you change. So what are you willing to accept? Because in life, you don't get what you want. You get what you settle on. 
You get to remember that. You don't get what you want. You can desire whatever you want. So imagine I desire, I want to have $100,000 months, but then I'm feeling unworthy of charging my clients and I am undervaluing myself and I'm getting underpaid. I can be desiring whatever I want, but if I accept $100 an hour versus $800 a session, that's on me. So some relationship, you can look at them and just renegotiate them because you entered to that relationship and you were a certain person, certain you know um, perspective on life. So you can renegotiate and just sit down with the people and tell them like, hey, I love you. I appreciate you. We always want to start with a compliment, right? <laughs> it's like marketing 101. Let's start with a compliment, not get people defensive. So start with a compliment and tell people what you really appreciate about them. That will make them open and then tell them, I feel alive. Because when you go to people and you want to talk to them and you say like, you make me feel like, or you don't talk to me anymore, and you're always so negative, you're blaming and people will just like put their walls up, their defenses go up and it will suck for both of you. So how about you appreciate them? How about you remember something good, something good that they've done in the past or now? And then renegotiate like, hey, I absolutely love you. And I'm right now focusing on my growth and my business. And I want to dedicate more time to my family. How about instead of seeing each other on Zoom every week, we see each other once a month and we can check in. And I just love when we share positive aspects about our lives versus when you come and complain. You see, so it's renegotiating instead of accepting what is because we feel so guilty. We don't want to hurt people. We don't want to shame people. We don't want to do others what, you know, what we don't want to receive. Yet you get to renegotiate. So that would be the, the first thing you can really do with the relationships that don't feel good. The second one would be what you just mentioned, right? Like getting rid of them. Sometimes we gotta really recognize that everything in our life happens for a reason. Everything. Yet, even if people come for a reason in our life, some of them come for a season and we got to recognize it. I'm so grateful for, you know, my past relationship because men cheated on me, men hurted me mentally and physically, abusive and lied to me and, you know, let me maintain them financially. Um, All of those were my choices, yet it led me really to understand that my partner that I truly desire, it's loyal, it's family oriented, wants kids, treats me like the queen. And because I got so much clarity from this contrast, I was able to attract it in my life. It's not half asking anything anymore. It's like, I know, I know who I am. I know what I stand for. I know what I desire. So when you're in this relationship, you can renegotiate it. You can also ask for help. You can go for therapy. You can have a coach. The very first thing that I um, asked my boyfriend when we started dating three years ago was, would you be open to go to uh, therapy or a coach if we have any struggles in relationship? And he said, yes. If he would say no, I wouldn't continue because that's his ego in the middle in front of our relationship. I don't want that. I need somebody who is open to grow, who's open to learn. I love that. I think as you say, uh, you know, using the story of the boyfriend, you know, are you open to growing? Are you open to learning? But if you go into those relationships and you give people the opportunity to renegotiate, how you said, you can you renegotiate a relationship that's possibly toxic? As I hear that, the thing that comes to mind is 
if I don't bring it up to you first, you don't know how bad this relationship is. Like we've not had this opportunity. So, um, you know, there's definitely, um, you know, I look at relationships I've had in my life. Um, and I look at I look at my marriage now, and there's been times where where my wife has sat down, and you know we've been together now nearly six years, um, and there's a point in our time in our first year of marriage, and she sat down, she says, "Hey, here's what I need, and here's where we're missing." And I remember there was that ego, you know, and, and it's a, it, it was just like, "Wait, what? What are you talking about? No!" But so here's someone who knows me intimately well, say, "No, I need you to stop," and I'm I'm coming to you because. You know, she didn't say I'm renegotiating, but essentially was saying, hey, we have to find a way to make this work. And I'm so thankful that we had that conversation. So as you saying that, I mean, it tugs a personal cord on renegotiating those relationships. But then there was that toxicity where the relationship is so badly damaged and you've done, you may have tried that renegotiation tactic. You may have tried, um, you know, justifying or creating reasons why and you, you eliminate that toxic relation and you get away from it. And from hearing you say that, and I'm a big fan of it, uh, you know, I'm, if someone doesn't respect in the world of business, in the world of sales, and I tell this to everyone who's a salesperson, if someone doesn't respect your time, then you don't respect their business. Like it just, it's hand in hand. And I've, I've walked away from deals. I've walked away from people because I'm like, look, if you're not going to respect my time, then I, I, you know, I value your business. I don't need it. Yeah. I'll get business elsewhere. But my time is such a valuable resource that if I've decided to spend um, an hour on a Zoom call with a discovery call and you show up 20 minutes late, but want me to stay 20 minutes later, it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't care what it is I have to do. I might just want to go eat cereal with my kids in the living room. But you know what? That's my time and you didn't protect that time. So speaking of toxic relationships here, let's piggyback and turn this here. We, we've had the most toxic relationship as a society in the year 2020. I mean, if you just think about the relationship we have had with 2020, and I shouldn't call it a toxic relationship, I should call it a challenging relationship because we've had the COVID pandemic. Currently here in the United States, we have a presidential election that is in my 37 and a half years of life, I've never seen it so passionate on both sides of the spectrum. So there's so much challenges and adversity. Yet here you and I are trying to grow a business, trying to make a living, trying to provide. How does somebody take all these challenges that have happened and all these distractions, how does someone take that information and say, you know what? I'm going to make 2021 my best year ever. How did they make that mental shift? I love how you're sharing your perspective. You know, I love that. And for me, 2020, nothing went as planned, but I tripled my business. So I'm not trying to grow my business. I made my business better. And it's because I was not attached. You can be so attached to the things like how it is, should look like. And then you're screwed because then something changes and you're like, what the heck do I do? So it's really about your perspective. So now what? That's what you have to ask yourself. So now what? I plan to have a live event in Las Vegas for women like I did last year, 100 women. I was planning on doing weekends here, like VIP weekends with my clients here in Las Vegas. We were supposed to be right now in Bali hosting our second year anniversary retreat, Flow and Fire. And I'm sitting here in Las Vegas and I couldn't do nothing that I planned. And I could be sitting here and saying, what the heck do I do? Or I ask myself, now what? So I created a couple of online courses. So I make more appearances online. So I'm on more podcasts. And uh, like I said, I tripled my business because now is the time that people are really awakening and pivoting into the fact that what I was doing up until now was only because I thought that I should, or even sometimes more dangerous, I could. Just think about it. 
I look at our timeline in life and I look at it and when we are little, we are doing things we think we we like have to, right? Your kid, you have to eat certain time, go to the school. Then you up level into, I should, I should go work out. I should go to work. I should get married. Then you go into, I could, I could go, you know, and open my own business. I could and get married. Like, I could, but I could, it's sometimes dangerous because you're again, not looking at what truly turns you up, what really turns you on and your desires because yeah, I could, I could have had social media marketing agency. I'm good at it. I'm great in relationships and it wasn't fulfilling for me. So to make the 2021, the best year ever, you really get to for a moment, close the world and go within. It's no woo-woo, but if you're so distracted with everything, my grandma, she's watching news like three times a day. I don't even have TV for eight last years or even longer. I don't even remember. I don't have that. And it's not because I don't care, but because I care so deeply. So let me take care of me. Let me take care of my family, my community. When they're feeling better, they're doing better in the world. So take care of you and your close people and it will grow. Just think about it. So 2021, Set an intention and then surrender. You really get to trust and surrender because again, you know, you can sit down and plan 2021. How do you know that something else won't happen that will, you know, like throw you off? You really get to tap into trusting yourself and looking at these obstacles as opportunities. So many new online businesses are being born right now. We need more coaches. We need more sales experts. We need more marketing. We need more branding. We need more of everything. Everything is turning into online. So ask yourself what really lights you up. What do you want to do more of? And give yourself the permission to do that versus staying in the shits or quits. I love it. Set intention. And surrender. Mm-hmm. Set intention and surrender. And if you do that in 2021, things start to get clear. And you're absolutely right. It could be more challenges. We talk about like planning for adversity. And we share that on the Catapulting Commission show often that you have to plan for the unexpected. You have to plan for adversity. You can't allow things to completely distract you. You can't allow things to um, change your life because you know something went wrong. We have to find a way to pivot, adapt, and grow. So I love what you're saying there. It's so fascinating. You know, I just wanted to like share how I feel about it. Because when you say that you are planning for adversity, I feel like you're planning for something going wrong. My grandma, when I was growing up, she always tell me, don't get too excited because then something can go wrong. But I'm expecting the success. I'm expecting the good. I'm expecting the clients. I'm expecting the money. It's the eagerness and expectancy of the positive. And if something happens that it's not as I planned or positive, I'm like, huh, what is good about this? What is good about that my client didn't renew the contract? Well, that's amazing because I used to be charging $2,500. Now I'm charging $4,200. I created space for something even better. So I personally don't plan for adversity. You know, I really plan for success. I plan for flow and joy and fulfillment. And then from that place, when I'm feeling relaxed, I have more clarity and I'm more productive versus planning for something going wrong. I agree. I agree with what you're saying. And maybe maybe the way I explained the planning for adversity might come off 
Like I'm thinking negative. I'm not thinking negative. My plan for adversity is saying, you know, I, I use revenue metrics. So if my business is going to do a half a million dollars, so I write my business plan saying, okay, my business is going to do 600,000. Why did I give myself, I call that my adversity clause. Mm-hmm. And so what that adversity clause is, is it's kind of like the seatbelt when I'm driving. The adversity clause happens and I use one of the years, uh, one of my most successful years in business, my number one client called me in March was like, hey, I'm done. <laughs> you're done. And I was like, oh boy, all right. Well, I had an adversity clause and I'm like, okay, I think I can do this. I can overcome. I can get past this. And then seven weeks later, my father passed away, which is an unplanned adversity. I had no idea for it, but I ended up having the most successful, most productive year. And that truly became, okay, am I over planning? Am I having this adversity clause in my life, in my business? I'm not saying I'm planning because something horrible is going to happen. I'm simply saying, I acknowledge things are going to happen. Good, bad, ugly. But whatever it is, I'm prepared. So maybe it's like the Boy Scout of me. I'm always going to have my pocket knife in my pocket. I'm always going to have something ready to go. So when I got into business, I said, okay, I'm going to have an adversity clause in every business I plan. I'm simply going to say, here's what I need. And the way I separate is, here's what I need for the bare necessities in life. Here's what I want to have happen. And then here's where everything goes right. And typically where everything goes right is when I've planned for an adversity clause and no adversity has happened. So I, I don't know if maybe that was a little bit more clarity. Thank you so much. I really appreciate bringing the clarity. And you know why? Because it relaxes you. Your knowingness that you are ready relaxes you. And that's what we really get to bring into the business. What gives you security? What relaxes you? What makes you feel good? Because when you're relaxed and feel good, like I said, you have a moment and clarity and you're like, okay, no matter what will happen, I know I can do this. I've done it in the past. I can. I can just relax now. Instead of when you're like stressed and looking, you know, like I got to do, 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 do. You don't see the opportunities left and right when you're going through the adversities of life. So this is what relaxes you. What relaxes me, it's trust and surrender because I over plan some years. And when I over plan, I worry. I don't relax. So each of us is different and we get to accept it and respect it. You know, like what makes you feel good and in a relaxed, receptive state? I love that. And you are absolutely correct. We are all wired a little differently. And what makes it beautiful is when you come across people and you respect people that are wired a little differently, once you realize how you're wired, yep. I mean, game's over. I know how I operate and work. Yep. You know how you operate and work. Yep. And so once I've learned my map for myself, I'm like, how you said at the end, I have the same confidence. Oh, I can do it. Don't worry about it. I've been there yep. before. I can do it again. We're just rewired a little differently. Awesome, Pathy. Well, as we wrap this show up real quick here, one of the last things I want to ask you, or two last things I want to ask you, salespeople, entrepreneurs are like a funny bunch of people right? We have like routines, success habits. What is one or two things you do in your business or life every week that is non-negotiable? So let's say your core values for your daily practices or weekly Mm. practices. What are the one or two things that you do that are non-negotiable? Oh my God. I love that question so much. Change my life, change my business. And as easy and simple as it can sound, it's my morning routine. It's non-negotiable. It's flexible. I will do something different every day. But I used to, like, ever starting entrepreneur, I would guess, grab my phone, grab my computer, answer to the emails, answer to the messages, living in a scarcity and fear that if I don't reply to the email, my clients will fire me or I'm not going to enroll the new clients, right? Now, I have two hours and I know I don't have babies yet, but right now I have one hour or two hours of morning routine, but 15 minutes can really change your life. Because in the morning, I'm telling whatever you believe, God, universe, I don't, you know, like whatever it is, I believe that when I declare 
this is how I want to feel at the beginning of the day. It will bring me the same energy into my life. So I used to be stressed. I used to be overwhelmed. I used to be running around like a chicken with cat head. Now I'm relaxed. I have a breakfast in bed in with my love, with our dog. We cuddle, we read, we journal, we meditate. I write my affirmations or I script about what do I would love to happen in my business and life. And it feels amazing. It feels expensive. So I start my day. I wake up around six or seven every day. No alarm. That's the best part. I love it so much. But I wake up feeling in the flow and I feel wake up thankful and appreciative of my life. When you can do that, even in five minutes, your life and business will thrive. I love that. That morning time, that morning uh, meditation. I, I love that. You just, you protect that personal time. Um, I have a morning hour that, um, because I do travel and sometimes I wake up in different states, different cities, but my first hour in the morning is the no business. Like that's my rule. Like just no business. Yep. It's my hour for me. I get up. If I want to work out, I work out. If I get up for one or phone or read, I'm a big sports fan. I read about the game last night. That's when I read it. Like it's just that hour for me. Um, or sometimes, and you know, we can go on a completely different tangent, but, but in my marriage, you know, my wife and I have picked some of the mornings, Hey, this is our hour for just you and I to speak about yeah. no kids, no work, no, we just talk and it's been, you know, to protect that hour is just so valuable. So I love hearing you say that. Um, Pathia, how does somebody get a hold of you? Can you give us a high level of what's the uh, unapologetically abundant uh, community and how does someone find out about it? Absolutely. So I love hanging out online and uh, my favorite place, it's my Instagram, you know, that's Petya Kolibova, just my name. That's where I am every single day. And then I have my community for women called Unapologetically Abundant Women. And it's really a space, not only where I train you on how to shift your mindset, whether it's money, whether it's relationship. Um, I'm hosting masterclass in middle of the November two about getting rid of your BS beliefs. So I do trainings there. Plus I have expert speakers there that are training on different modalities. So that's the place to be when you want to feel safe, protected, but also challenged to grow a little bit out of your comfort zone. Love that. I think that's every person needs to find a community or a group like that. Petia has a group that's tailored for women. And I definitely and highly encourage you Worst case scenario, follow her Instagram. You're going to get tons of value. I was checking out her Instagram, so you'll find some value there. We will have all of that information, uh, all the links to get a hold of Petya in the show notes. So if you're watching uh, the YouTube video, you'll see it in the notes below. If you're on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, whatever uh, podcast player, you'll have the show notes and we'll have all those links there. Petya, I want to say thank you for coming on the Catapulting Commission show. Thank you so much for having me. And I absolutely love your work and your energy. And I love that you blend the business and the family together. I think it's super important. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And I appreciate the compliments. Catapulting Commissions family, do me a favor, guys. When you finish listening to the show, go follow, get connected with Petya. Links are in the show notes. Click subscribe, comment, leave a picture of you like the show, copy myself, tag myself, tag Petya. We love hearing but I've, and I know this, I'm speaking, but we love hearing what you take away because as someone who's on the other side, trying to provide content, provide value to our communities, when you tell us, hey, we like this, this looks awesome, it gives energy to continue to keep growing. So I appreciate that. Sure, Petya would. I will see you guys next Wednesday. Thank you. Well, 
That does it for today's episode on Catapulting Commissions with Anthony Garcia. If you found some value in today's show, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe to Catapulting Commissions. That way you get notified of new episodes every week. Lastly, please take a screenshot of today's show and share it on Instagram. Every week, I'll be giving away a signed copy of my best-selling book to one person who tags me at Anthony P. Garcia 99 and includes the hashtag catapulting commissions. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to helping you achieve higher commissions. <laughs>